Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. So today we are talking about how to make fitness progress when you are in a season where you're sleep deprived. And I don't normally do this, but I'm kind of doing a reactionary episode because last week I released an episode that was all about habits um, to develop for body recomposition. And one of them was sleep. And it was the main habit that uh, I talked about and kind of placed the most emphasis on because as I talked about last week, if you're not getting quality sleep, like eight to nine-ish hours, fitness progress is going to be harder. Now, I I posted something on Instagram about um, talking about the study that um, kind of said, mentioned two groups of people. One group was sleep deprived. The other group got quality sleep and the group that was sleep deprived, and they were both on calorie deficits. Both groups were. And the group that was sleep deprived, saw loss of both fat and muscle, whereas the group that was well slept lost mostly fat and and kept their muscle. And I think people were really discouraged in the comments and they were saying, well, I'm in a season of life where I have a newborn. And the reality is, is that I can't sleep eight to nine hours. Like that's a luxury that's just unrealistic for me right now. And I think there's lots of seasons of life where it's just like, yeah, sleep is just going to get the back burner and it just, it is what it is. So I think what I wanted to do is have Hope on today, who is a registered dietitian, to kind of talk about, okay, if you are in one of those seasons, which I will be come March when I'm postpartum, um, how can you use fitness and and nutrition to support your body? What expectations can you set for yourself during this time? And, And can you continue to see fitness progress? And if so, what are the tools to use to get there? So um I think the bottom line of this episode that Hope and I were kind of discussing before we went live is that bottom line, yes, you can continue to see fitness results. It just might take a little bit longer and you might have to be a little bit more um, particular with food and exercise. So with that being said, we are going to welcome Hope, who is a registered dietitian. She has been on the podcast several times and a lot of her podcasts are the most downloaded and listened to. Did you know that? Have I told you that hope? No, I did not know that. Oh, yes. Your pot. One of your podcasts is one of the most downloaded ones that I have. Yeah. It's, it's people love you. So I'm happy to have hope on and she's always down for last minute podcasts. So I'm happy to have her here. And another reason why I really like her here is not only does she have the formal education as a registered dietitian and helping many, many, many clients with this same thing, but she has a personal, um, she's going through it personally right now. She has a newborn and sleep maybe isn't as what she wants it to be. And yet she still has fitness goals and body recomposition goals specifically. So hope. Can you tell us a little bit about your goals and how much you're sleeping and what you're doing from a nutrition and fitness standpoint to kind of support your body during this time and support your goals during this time? So things that I'm doing to mitigate the negative effects of sleep deprivation, because I know that I'm not getting enough sleep to see ideal results from my training and from being in a calorie deficit. First thing is having that realistic expectation and acknowledging that, okay, this is not ideal. And having that expectation that, you know what, it is going to feel harder than if I was getting an optimal amount of sleep. 
that's okay. Life is never perfect. (laughs) So I think knowing that, okay, this is my reality and it is what it is. You cannot, you know, be wishing for something else or lamenting the fact that you're not getting enough sleep when this is the reality of what's going on. So accepting that, acknowledging that, and knowing that it probably will feel harder versus being able to get more sleep. And and that's okay. Life isn't perfect. Um, so what I'm doing specifically with my nutrition and fitness to help continue moving the needle forward, even with not getting an ideal amount of sleep, is being very, very consistent with my protein intake. First of all, I think that's extremely important and can go a really, really long way in helping you maintain muscle mass, even if you're underslept. Um, so I am, am basing my protein target off of my um, kind of ideal body weight or the body weight that I know that I'm very comfortable at that is extremely maintainable for me, which is in the mid like 160s for me. So I entered into this journey um, being basically right at 200 pounds. So as I'm losing weight, I'm getting closer and closer to that protein target of like one gram per pound of body weight. Um, But that's definitely not where I set my protein target initially because eating 200 grams of protein per day is very unrealistic and not necessary even for the results that I was looking to see. So setting your protein target anywhere from 0.7, 0.75 to one gram per pound of body weight um, in your at your current body weight. If you don't have, you know, 30 or more pounds to lose or closer to your goal um, or ideal body weight if you do have a large amount of weight to lose. Um, So being very consistent and honestly looking at that target as kind of non-negotiable. This is something that I have directly within my control that I can make sure I'm getting enough protein on a daily basis. Um, Would you recommend staying on the higher end of that? Because I know lack of sleep is very catabolic. It's very, um, it's destructive to our tissues. Our body is more likely to break down muscle tissue to use as energy because we're lacking sleep. So I think, I think training and how you're eating is important to try to mitigate or offset that catabolic effect of sleep deprivation. So would you recommend staying on the higher end and maybe even eating above that one gram of protein? Or do you think like one gram of protein, you're not really going to see much better benefits from eating above that? Mm-hmm. Um, so eating a higher amount of protein and having a high protein target is, it has multiple ben- benefits. It's not only for muscle retention or muscle growth. Um, eating a high amount of protein can also help with satiety signaling and your hunger hormones, which are also impacted by lack of sleep. So if you're eating more protein, it can help um, you feel fuller longer, can help reduce um, the ghrelin, the hunger hormone. Um, so eating above even that one gram per pound of body weight of protein can be helpful in helping you stay in a calorie deficit because your hunger will be more mitigated due to a higher protein intake. Um, and it will 
like you'll be easily hitting that minimum of being able to maintain as much muscle mass as you can due to protein intake. So yes, I've been targeting much closer to that one gram per pound of my target body weight, which is putting me, you know, between 150 to 160 grams of protein per day, which takes a lot of effort (laughs) to reach. Um, And as I continue to get closer and closer to my target body weight, that can continue to, to lower a little bit as well. So I'll probably end up closer to like 130 gram range as I get closer back down to the 160s. Yes. Yes. And also we didn't mention this, but I think it's important just in case someone's not a listener or newer around here, when it comes to body recomposition, you still do want to be in in an overall calorie deficit. So calculating your total daily energy expenditure, being in a little bit of a calorie deficit. Now I want to talk about calorie deficits when you're sleep deprived. Does is this something that you maybe want to stay more in your maintenance or do you want to, do you want to play with that calorie deficit or what do you recommend as far as like a number standpoint for a calorie deficit when someone's sleep deprived? Mm -hmm. So uh, I would continue to recommend a moderate um, to mild calorie deficit, even when you're sleep deprived, you know, it doesn't discount the laws of thermodynamics and needing to be in that energy deficit to see weight loss. Um, But again, going back to just knowing that it will feel difficult um, and kind of adding that into what you're judging your capacity to be. Um, Sleep makes, you know, that's already an energy deficit in itself. And so then if you're compounding that by purposefully underfueling, which is what a, you know, being in a calorie deficit is, that could feel unmanageable and unsustainable. So I think it really comes down to your personal capacity and what your willingness is to, you know, possibly experience these effects. Um, you may feel hungrier and you probably will feel hungrier than you would if you were getting enough sleep and you were in a mild calorie deficit. Um, you know, I, I talk about this as well with when your body is energy deprived, especially from sleep, you know, it's, it doesn't really know (laughs) that it needs a nap when you're awake, it's going to ask for energy. And typically that looks like craving some sort of calorically dense food that's going to be a really convenient energy source for your body. So you could experience heightened cravings for super sugary things, um, super calorically dense things. Um, that is going to be more of a challenge as well. So just knowing that this is how our brains work and knowing that it's not like some inherent flaw that you have, that you're experiencing these things. Um, this is our biology and it's trying to protect us and help us. Um, so I think reframing it in that way and knowing that your body is trying to help and protect you. Um, but if you have a long-term goal, it's still your job to choose what actions you're going to take that most align with what you, what you need and what your goals are. I think that's really important that you said that, that your hormones 
are going to be telling you that you need more energy in the source of a bit quickly available and quick, easy to digest and use fuel like carbohydrates. So I want to come back to that in just a second, but you said a moderate calorie deficit. So can you give us like, I know people are going to want numbers. Um, If they're calculating their TDEE and they're tracking, what is a moderate calorie deficit for you? And if someone's struggling to hit that moderate calorie deficit, should they do less of a deficit and try to just, you know, be consistent and and just expect slower progress or what's your recommendation there numbers wise? So, and especially speaking to anyone in the postpartum period, if you are also breastfeeding um, and you're wanting to continue to keep your milk supply um, or, you know, just anyone looking to be in a mild calorie deficit, um, it, it will seem mild. And that is the point you want it to be doable for a very, like a long period of time, like months of time. That's what it takes <laughs> to see body recomposition results. So this is going to be anywhere from, you know, 200 to 400 calories under your total daily energy expenditure. Um, which if you are a, a breastfeeding person that goes up, that's added, you know, on top of your activity in your need, and that can increase your needs by by 300 to 400. Um, so for me, um, my daily needs I've calculated when I'm also breastfeeding to be close to 2,400 to 2,500. And I'm aiming for a average of 2000 calories, you know, per day, per, per week. Um, how I look at it and how I make sure I'm in that average is, um, you know, I'm shooting for a specific range each day, and then I can look at my calorie average for the week. And if I'm, you know, around that 2000 mark, then that's, that's right where I want to be. Um, so it's very doable (laughs) and it, it feels sustainable and I'm making progress. Is it fast? No, (laughs) but it is in an appropriate range to be able to keep my milk supply up and to be able to still make progress. And I, I knew that it was going to be slow. It was going to be sustainable. I also knew I'm not one of those people who's ever accidentally lost weight. I knew that breastfeeding was like not going to be this magic pill to, you know, losing a bunch of weight postpartum. I just, I, I know that about myself and my body. So Again, having very realistic expectations of what progress can look like and recognizing the progress that you are making. It drives me insane when, you know, people say, oh, well, all I did was, you know, I just lost a pound this month. That's great progress. And that adds up over time. And, you know, I don't, I hate when people minimize the progress that you are seeing, because if you would just stay consistent there a year from now, you could be where you want it to be, you know? And I think that's, that's really the ticket. So the progress that I am seeing once, um, that huge and pregnant or, um, people who've had a baby will know you see a huge weight fluctuation after you give birth with your fluids and your blood volume regulating again. Um, so after that large, you know, kind of drop on the scale, um, I've been seeing close to on average half a pound of fat loss 
per week, which just, you know, that only adds up, only in quotes, adds up to around two pounds per month. But it's inching me closer and closer and closer to where I want to be without my life revolving around this. You know, I have lots of other things that need my focus. (laughs) And in a way that's sustainable and that still allows me to make progress. Yes. And at the same time, you are keeping your muscle mass, which I think is important. You could probably lose weight faster if you weren't training because your body would be breaking down muscle as well. And you'd probably be losing muscle at a more accelerated rate. So you might be seeing overall weight loss, but it might not be improving overall body composition, which I think is an important thing to say. So like being so tied to the scale might not be a true representation of how your body and health are changing, which makes me want to switch gears a little bit and talk about training. And I think I can give my recommendations for what I recommend from a training perspective, if you are sleep deprived and then hope can kind of weigh in on her personal, um, her personal journey with this. Cause she's also an Evlo member in strength, but she's been strength training and, and working out exercising her whole life as an athlete and things. So what I, what I would recommend from a training perspective is that you're more cognizant of your recovery when you're sleep deprived, because when you have less sleep, like I said, that's a, that's a catabolic stressor on your body. And so recovery may be slower. A lot of times the, the most recovery from a muscle standpoint that you see is when you're in deep sleep. And so when you're getting less deep sleep or no deep sleep, it's, it's going to take longer. Your body is going to require more recovery. So I think using the tools that I've talked about in the past on the podcast to really be cognizant of your recovery and not just using exercise to exercise more and more and more, because that's probably going to be even more stressful on your body and allow you to see slower progress because you might be losing muscle because you're not actually recovering. So some of the things that I would recommend are number one, and Hope and I talked about this. I thought this was brilliant that she said this, like choosing workouts that aren't going to be a waste of your time and that aren't going to just like burn calories or be hard or leave you in a sweaty pool, but they're not actually loading your muscles very efficiently. I'm thinking like these hard boot camp classes where you're throwing around weights and it might feel like weight training, but you're not actually getting close to failure in any of those lifts. The lifts are complex. It's more cardio than it is strength training. So if you shift your focus to more really specific strength training, like we do in Evlo, focusing on getting close to failure, focusing on um, programming your workouts so that you are not overusing muscles, so that the muscles that you are working in your workouts have time and space to recover. And then doing all of those things, pairing, of course, the nutrition, and then seeing like and obsessing, how are you feeling from workout to workout? Do you feel like you're getting weaker in your workouts? Do you feel like you can't connect to your muscles? Do you feel like um, you feel like this like heavy feeling, like your limbs feel heavy and like sluggish and like, it's almost like, it's almost like this, um, I don't want to say sore, but soreness sometimes will increase if you're not recovering. But yeah, just like this heavy, like weak feeling. And those are things that you all want to really pay attention to so that If you are overdoing it, again, you're not going to see the same amount of progress. It has to happen slowly and you just have to be more attuned to your recovery when you're lacking sleep. So with all of those things said, 
hope I want you to weigh in and kind of talk about your experience with training and maybe some like tips that you found that work for you or like what, what has been your experience with this and like prioritizing recovery while still trying to gain muscle? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I typically follow the five time a week of load track. And I mean, the fact that the workouts are 35 minutes are like, that is the thing that keeps this ball rolling and keeps it consistent. Um, before I had my daughter, um, you know, I could so easily find 35 minutes in my day to just, you know, go in and knock this out. And that's great. But now after having my daughter, um, even just getting this 35 minutes to myself takes a like effort across my entire family (laughs) to make that happen for me. Um, and sometimes I still have to like break the work up, the workout up and, you know, do the first circuit and go put her down for a nap and then come back and do the second circuit. So, um, knowing that I'm not wasting my time and I'm doing the most efficient workouts and exercises to build my muscles is something, I mean, I just like, you can't put a price tag on that. So that is so important. And also thinking about your nutrition around your workouts can help those feel better and be more effective too. So um, if you're looking to fuel your workout well, eat some carbohydrates beforehand. Um, and if you're looking to recover well, eat a combination of protein and carbohydrates after that workout. It doesn't, you know, there's no 20 minute window that you have to worry about getting in. Um, you know, if you work out in the morning, your breakfast can include that combination of protein and carbohydrates. Um, but do really thinking about fueling your body well around that time, I think is important and can help you actually feel better during your workout as well. Um, and recover better. Yeah. I will say I used to, I used to fast and I know it's contentious and there's lots of opinions about fasting, but it was just something that worked really well for me. And during pregnancy, I stopped fasting and I started eating breakfast because it's just like what my body, I don't know. It just felt right. Um, and so I always eat now before I train, before I teach, I, I gotta say, I see such a difference in my workouts and in the strength I get. I've like gained strength and I've made progress during pregnancy. Like it's wild to me. And I wonder if like my nutrition beforehand has anything to do with that. I just feel like a lot stronger generally in my workouts. Um, first trimester, we're not talking about that. Like second trimester, like first trimester was just like survival. The second I'm talking about more second trimester. Um, so yeah. So tell us what, what's an example of like a good pre-meal, uh, snack or, or meal. Mm -hmm. So this is a great time to work more simple carbohydrates into your diet. Um, so maybe looking like at something that's more or just less fibrous. So starch can work as well. Starch is a complex carbohydrate, but if you're eating something like a banana, um, that's a lower fiber fruit, that would be great. Um, maybe like a rice cake with, uh, some slices of banana and a drizzle of honey on it. Like that would give you some great carbohydrates 
heading into your workout. Um, if you wanted to add a little bit of protein and fat to that, you know, a tablespoon of nut butter on top of it as well. Um, you do just want to be aware of your fiber intake and your fat intake directly before working out because that can cause some GI issues. But, you know, if that isn't, you're eating foods that you know agree with you, um, then you should be good to go. So you're looking for probably around like 30 grams of carbohydrates to really boost your performance in that workout. Um, and I really don't want you to think about this as like you're negating anything that your workout is doing because you ate before. Like the point of the workout is not to burn the calories. The point of the workout is to build your muscle. So having carbohydrates having glucose at your disposal for your muscles to use is really helpful in that process. Um, and then replenishing your muscles with additional glucose and protein after that can just really go a long way in seeing the results that you actually want to see um, as far as building building muscle through your workouts. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that's something that I talk about all the time. Like, your workouts really shouldn't have anything to do with burning calories. It's all about, they do burn calories and there's nothing wrong with burning calories, but it's all about how you're building the tissue, the metabolic tissue muscle of your body that will ultimately serve you and help you in that body recomposition process of losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. Um, this is awesome. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and the big driver of that is your overall energy intake on the day. It's not around a specific period of time or, you know, like what, how many calories your workout burned, you know, it could burn yeah. a thousand calories. And if you're eating 2000 or 3000 calories, then you're still probably not going to be in a deficit. It doesn't, doesn't matter how much your workout is burning. What is really going to be the driver of that body recomposition and being in that mild calorie deficit is your just overall energy intake. So working in you know, a pre-workout food and, and post-workout food can absolutely fit in that blanket of your energy intake for the day. Yeah. And does that help with um, hunger later in the day too? If you're kind of centering or if you're think you're considering nutrition before and after workout? Mm -hmm. Well, and I truly find for me, especially if I'm doing <laughs> like the lower body class, um, if I do that early in the day, my appetite is so revved up the entire rest of the day. So it's really helpful for me to plan those classes more in the evening when I know I can directly have like my dinner after that class. Um that I know I can get enough calories in directly after the class. Um, so it really, you know, it depends what works for you and, and where your schedule allows for you to work this in. Um, but yeah, thinking about um, how you can fuel around your workouts and what that looks like for you, I think is super worthwhile, especially if you have a specific goal of maintaining slash building muscle, losing fat, body recomposition. And you know, one element of that, which is sleep, um, is lacking. So it can really help to do the most efficient things with your nutrition and with your fitness, um, even though sleep might not be optimal. Yes, I love that. 
So with that, what I want to do is we talked about a lot. I want to kind of summarize everything together. And like I said, Hope applied this a lot to what she's personally going through with postpartum. And I know a lot of a lot of listeners can relate to this. But again, you don't have to be postpartum to apply this stuff. Um, so if you are sleep deprived and you're lacking energy in, in the sleep department, it is going to be a little harder for you to gain and maintain muscle because recovery is lacking. You also might have um, changes in your appetite because hunger hormones increase with sleep deprivation. However, this doesn't mean that we really change that we want to be, we really change our calorie deficit. So staying in that mild calorie deficit of 400, 200 to 400 calorie deficit overall um, throughout about a week span, well, daily, but on average for the week. And then making sure that you're eating high protein, you might stay on that closer to that one gram per ideal pound of body weight um, to help avoid muscle loss. And then of course, making sure that you're strength training and being really intentional with how you're loading your muscles so that your muscles are getting the proper stimulus to at least maintain and if not grow. And I think that understanding that all of the things that apply for normal body recomposition really do apply when you're sleep deprived, but just maybe extending the deadline or extending the expectations and the goals a little bit and really making sure that you're conscious of how you're eating and how you're training and how you're recovering. Did I hit it all? Mm -hmm. Yes, no, absolutely. And, you know, there in my mind, it's kind of like four wheels on a car where, you know, you're looking at sleep, being in a mild calorie deficit, eating enough protein and training efficiently. And uh, even if one of those tires is flat, the car can still be moving. It's not going to be moving as well. (laughs) And we do want to make a pit stop and like check in and address that issue eventually. Um, But, you know, there are seasons of life. And just because, you know, you one tire might be flat in one season of life doesn't mean we can't still be focusing on the other three and that vehicle can't still be moving forward. Yeah, you can I love it. It'll just be slower. I love it. I love it. Okay. I hope this is helpful. Like I said, I don't usually do podcasts that are kind of in reaction to another podcast, but I thought that this was really fun. And thank you, Hope, for being so um, flexible and last minute. And listeners, thank you for listening. We will see you all next week for a special Thanksgiving episode. So make sure you tune into that. Same time, same place. Bye for now.